You are now listening to a 302 Birds podcast experience, proudly powered by TickPick, Cut, and El Diablo Burritos of Delaware. What's up, everybody? Believe it or not, it is season five of 302 Birds. And thank you guys for your patience last week. I know we didn't have a show. That was like probably the first time we haven't had a show one week ever i think maybe uh we moved the show once but that actually probably would have been ever so took some mind took some time to reset our minds figure out what we want to do get a nice direction and we are about to be in the thick of the nfl season so if you guys want to see us hang out with us we have a brand new calendar on our instagram all the events everywhere we're going to be you can meet us hang out with us all that fun stuff but more importantly the phillies New pitcher, Michael Lorenzen, just threw a no-hitter. So, I mean, we don't really have too much to talk about um, as a call-in-wise, but I do want to thank El Diablo, as always, for sponsoring our podcast all year, the best burritos in Delaware. Um, So I'll hit that intro, and then, Jack, take it away after this. What do I want when I'm in the state of Delaware? Of course, El Diablo burritos. Customer service always is serving your food with a smile on their face. Asking how your day is, the food is phenomenal as well. Their burritos are out of this world, one of the best burritos in town. Their queso is phenomenal. Their burrito bowls are amazing as well. When you're in and around Delaware, stop by your local El Diablo burritos and tell them that 302 Birds sent you. God bless. Go Thank you, El Diablo burritos. You got to hit that ballpark, Tommy. Time for Phillies talk with Bob Tommy. Jingers ditch. We'd like to thank Cut Bet to Bet Cut. Right, Dutch? Oh, yeah, baby. Bet with Cut. I mean, Phillies no hitter tonight. Did anybody see this bet coming? A little no hitter action, Tom. How are you uh, feeling about this? He's been well above, like, what we were expecting. We thought, okay, we're going to get, like, a solid starter. But we didn't expect, like, he's been like an ace. So far, pitched his Phillies debut. He got, he won eight innings. I think he only gave up two runs against Miami. And then tonight, there's a no hitter. Not much more I can ask for out of a trade at the trade deadline. We didn't even give we gave up our number five prospect uh, in Lee. He, I forget his first name, but Lee. He was the second baseman in our farm system. He wasn't going to see the majors for a long while with Stott playing so well and finally Turner playing so well and being locked into that massive contract. So, Oh, just giving up him just to get Lorenzen. I would say that they've seem seemingly won the trade at this point. And after these two phenomenal starts by Lorenzen, like, like he's been better than we, we have as advertised. He's been better than as advertised. Yeah, and now I mean Trey Turner's playing well now. I mean, I went to the uh the game on Saturday and that was hype and electric when he hit that home run. And I think the team is gelling a lot better now. Bats are active. I think this team is playing a lot better. Our pitching's gotten a lot better, especially with Lorenzen. Um, like we said, it's the first time since 2015 that the Phillies had a no hitter, and that was with Cole Hamels. Um, so this is pretty impressive. Well, he's, he's only been last team, as a matter of fact, as a fellow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's only been on the team what a week? Yeah, two weeks. About that. Exactly. And him throwing a, a no no hitter, impressive. So 
cheers up to uh, Lorenzen for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, to see that, that was the first uh, no-hitter in, uh, since uh, Cole Hamels in 2015. And actually, fun fact about that is that they traded him that night after he hit, uh, threw the no-hitter, Cole Hamels. But, um, yeah, so it's I don't know how many people have done it in Phillies history, like 15 or something like that. Um, or so, I don't know how many. But, yeah, that's just incredible to see that happen. At, in your debut at a stadium too, even then. Um, but my bad, my phone fell. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, Jack was saying, the bats are heating up. You see, you see um, Kyle Schwarber swinging the bat well. You see Castiano swinging the bat well. Boom, swinging the bat well. Trey Turner playing pretty well. Pitching's phenomenal. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually fun to watch the Phillies now, and hopefully that they can just keep this up because the more games they win, the better chance they have to make the playoffs. Chris, my guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I completely agree with everything you guys said. Um, the thing I'm thinking about, right, with with Nola struggling, um, he hasn't looked the same Nola that we've seen in the playoffs. Um, we're going to need a number two and Taiwan Walker. He's got the 13 wins. He's leading the NL in that, but, um, it, it still seems like we've been missing that number two pitcher that we're going to need to throw out there when the playoffs and, you know, um, and we get later into the season. So, I mean, I look at, obviously, like you said, Tom last start eight innings against Miami. And then this start, obviously with the no hitter, um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but we might have we might have found that number two for the rest of the season because of the way that Nola's pitching. It's it's inconsistent. He's not looking like himself. So um, that's that's really what I'm thinking about is how are we going to get far um, into this postseason like like we did last year with and last season it was with the one two punch with Wheeler and Nola that that was it was lock solid the, the entire postseason uh, really up until they got to the World Series and they kind of ran out of gas. But we've been missing that number two pitcher for pretty much the whole year and. Uh, we might have found him. Now, Chris, going off of that point, I have a hot take. Yeah. With let, me hear it, let me hear it, Tom. Uh, he, so he, he can only go like three solid innings, and the fourth, fifth is when it all falls apart. Be that middle inning reliever type guy, like when you need a high leverage situation in like the fifth or sixth inning come playoff time. You're, you're talking about Nola being like a, a yeah. bullpen guy? Oh. No, I you, get, I mean, you give him a clean egg. I, I I will say Eflin kind of took over that role last year when he came back from injury, and it it worked out well because anytime we needed someone to come in for like three four innings, when someone would you know if you know one of our starters went could only go five, and you had Eflin coming in pitching three, um, to leave up to like Alvarado or Sir Anthony. Um, it's huge. It's really huge to have a guy like that that's going to come in and give you those really solid innings. It's it could be a confidence hit, though, for Nola, because I, I think yeah, his confidence yeah. is real low, real, real low right now. And uh, yeah, I think it's it off topic. But um, I'm watching the still this like Phillies post game. They're actually digging up uh, the the mound uh, to get the actual rubber, rubber. yeah, out for uh, Lorenzen. That's pretty cool. Chris, I you know we talked really about do. before the show started, and then Ash, you can talk. Pirates have tied it. 
Hell yeah. Holy shit. So I was telling you, we need the Braves. The Bra- we are inching closer to the Braves, like little by little. I know it's going to be a tough, tough order for that to happen, but I think we're only 10-ish games out now. I think we, at one point, we're like 14. We're not gonna, I don't think the Phillies will catch the Braves. Let's but. not jump to that conclusion. Hey, we, we have to I, – I think we have the first wild card almost – I mean, it's us and the Braves. Um, after that, right now, we, right now we have the number one wild card. Right, or, we, got, we, gotta, what, we gotta chase something. Yeah, <laughs> depends. For, for, depends what San Francisco does. That's fair. For, for for the viewers at home, and then Ashley can talk. I have a five leg parlay right now. Okay, it's for the Tigers to win. It's for the Cardinals to win. It's for the Phillies to win. It's for the Pirates to win and the Orioles to win. So right now, Phillies what? won. Three out of five of those teams are like long shots to win a game every the game. Card- the Cardinals won. <laughs> the Tigers are winning 9-4. The Pirates have tied it with the Braves. And then it's 3-2 top of the seventh with the Orioles game. So this is a huge bet. I put $25 down to win $1,000. So wish me luck. Anyways, Ashley, if you want to talk. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with everybody um, with what's been said. He is balling out and having just the, I mean, two, one fantastic start. And then obviously today, the no hitter there, it does not get better than that. So yeah, I think our next one is talking about Trey too. Trey is balling. Trey is balling. He is gaining traction. It's great to see. Exactly. And thank you to Philly captain. He brought it up on social media every time that he was at the plate um, last weekend, give him a standing ovation. Um, and like I said earlier, I was at the Royals game where he hit that bomb, the three-run home run, um, and it was electric. The stadium erupted. And I think Trey Turner is a great player, but he needed that confidence boost. As we know, being Philly fans, like it is tough to be a Philly athlete because we're so tough on you. But I think Trey's getting traction right now. I think Bryce Harper's playing really well is hitting very well. So I think this team um, so far is, is playing really good offense and Trey's playing great, great on defense too. So I'm excited to see what these next, you know, couple weeks bring for us. Um, that's all I got for that. And the big, and the big thing about Harper too, is that he's getting, his you see him going deep and often now. And that's what you want to see because I mean, yeah, it's nice to have doubles, singles, triples, you know, he's not really a triple guy, but he's more of a double guy, but, I mean, seeing him um, hit the ball is really, really, really nice to see. Um, yeah, I'm excited uh, for the playoffs. I really am. And Bean what's Toast. The, what's the, the cash out? Yeah, I was about to say, Bean Toast, the cash out right now is at 140 So, I mean, I if you know it's not safe, then I would take them more money than you can get. Hold. You know, like, Hold. Hold it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought up Philly captain, Jack, because that was pretty cool to see what like social media did. And I think it's really cool that Trey Turner like paid for a billboard. I don't know if he did or, the, you know, city did. It kind of looks like the Phillies marketing team. I'm not going to lie, but whatever. It was a pretty cool token <laughs> of their appreciation. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice to see that like it meant a lot to him because like clearly our, our guys affected and like, Philly captain's video, it was, like, very, like, uh, a personal. Like, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. 
he's like sitting there. He's like our guy. Like he's talking about Trey Turner. Like it's almost like his own kid or like his like brother. And you know, there's just something to be said for that kind of fandom. Um, tonight, Lawrenson's no hitter. The whole stadium on their feet. Lorenzen. The other night, practice. Lorenzen. Lorenzen. Yeah, this one's going to be really bad, Tom. It's going to be horrible. Lorenzen, did I say it right? Yes. Yes. It's the easiest name to say. <laughs> Holy shit. Don't even get me started. Lorenzen? Yes. 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 I'm going to say it to myself in the mirror tonight. Lorenzen, though, I mean, the whole stadium on their feet. And then practice the other night. 55,000 people for fucking practice. What other NFL team or what other stadium, what other, sorry, city has fans that are that crazy that are that invested that care that much yes we may get upset but i mean like to have that amount of support i mean i feel like a majority of players love it yeah i watched that entire game uh, i think it was the last game in miami that went to extras um and just the, the ground ball that he absolutely botched i mean i think it was like a four-hour game um and it was it it made me sick and then for you know the fans to come back when they come back to Philly against the Royals and the first game they give him a standing ovation and then the second game they give him a standing ovation and the big home run um I, I think it's a testament to the fan base the the relationship that this fan base has with the players and I think it's unique there's not much like it in in sports in general not let alone baseball um the, the billboard like he's going to be here for uh, what is his contract 11 years 11 10, years, 12 years, 10, 12 years. 10, 10. he's going to be here for a decade he's going to be here for a decade so that that's the reality that we're facing and you know he's having a tough year castellanos had a tough year last year and obviously he's bouncing back with his 200th home run tonight um but i i, I think give it time it, it might not be this year it might it might happen in the playoffs but i, I think he will really start showing the fans what he's made of and how, how good of a player he is because he really is that good Yeah, I think you're right. I hope so, too. I was uh, interviewing a guy with KJ back in April. We went to uh, – it was the Phillies home opener. Um, and he said – I interviewed him about it, Trey Turner, in the beginning of the year. I said, how do you think Trey Turner is going to do big acquisition? And he said, I hope he doesn't crap it all out right after the World Baseball Classic. And I didn't really know what he meant in that moment. And I see what he meant now. He kind of used all that might, if you will, everything that he was, you know – kind of saved up and uh, I think he'll bounce back too. I just think it's kind of like, I'll tell you what, I'd rather him go through this slump now than in the playoffs, because if, you know, I'm not saying that won't happen. Knock on wood. I'm just saying, let's get it out of the system. Now, if it's going to happen. Sorry. I'm, I'm stressing out over here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's got uh, his Jack's bets going, going on. Jack's going through a midlife crisis. Holy man. shit. I mean, I get it, man. That's a really good bet. Um, well, we have Chris on the show, too. I want to ask you, Chris. Yeah. Um, in the media and all that, you hear this uh, quote right here from Stott, just kind of talking about the fans and Trey Turner showing some appreciation. What is your thoughts on that? Like, kind of them kind of immersing themselves with this fan base and uh, just kind of blending right in. Yeah, I, I think it, I mean, it, it totally helps the the players. You like that picture right there, every game where, where we win, you know, you got Marsh coming out, you got Stock coming out, um, giving them a nice bath. Um, 
I, I think it allows the players to kind of be themselves. And like, you see that with Marsh, he's, he's a weirdo, obviously. Um, Stott, they seem like really good friends and like the whole clubhouse kind of meshes together. I think it really started last year in the playoffs where, um, you know, they're, they're in the, they're in the clubhouse after a playoff win and they're dancing. And um, I, I think this team is really gelling. And I, I think the fans are really giving them that support that they need um, where it says, Hey, you guys can be yourselves. Like this is, this is a family here. And um, it, it's really affecting their play. Obviously like we're first in the wild card. We went, we went to the World Series last year, uh, hoping to do that again. We have big aspirations, and this team is really good enough to make that run because of how close they are. It's, it's rare where you get that in a clubhouse. So um, it, it really is helping this team out mm-hmm. with, with that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think with us and just as fans, just us giving him that positive reinforcement, I think, like you said, Chris, like, Turner's here for a decade. And mm-hmm. if we keep giving that positive reinforcement, I think he's going to be there long-term and play really well, be a good Philly for us. Um, I don't know if we brought it up, but it's like uh, I was on the uh, 94 WIP and they interviewed, uh, what's his face? Um, Bryce Harper. And he just loves this city. He fell in love with the city. And the interview said, I wish I started my career in Philly. So that tells you something that how much, these players love their city and how much they want to do bet what they can for the team. Yep. Great segue. Um, because that quote, funny enough, is actually our next Damn it. topic. <laughs> um, in case, unless anybody has anything else to say on that. No, I think I feel like everybody summed it up really well. You're on mute. Joel. Okay. We're good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to say great transition. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Jack. I mean, it was it was really nice that Bryce Harper said that, I thought. I mean, like, we've kind of immersed ourselves with him as a player, welcomed him with open arms, um, accepted him, and he's done the same thing with us as fans. And it's a, it's a love-love relationship. There's no hate there. That's the beautiful part about it. And, you know, the fact that he said that he wished he started playing his career here – that says a lot because the team that you're drafted to, you usually have like, I don't know, how do I put it? A deep emotional connection with. And um, I don't know. It was nice to hear him say that. And it's really more nice to know that in baseball, there's these long ass contracts. And uh, this guy's going to be here through what? Is it 2033, is it? Or 2030? He's been, it's five years now. I think it's 2030. That's nuts. That's nuts. I remember when we signed into that sophomore year in college when we were all at St. Joe's Mm -hmm. and, you know, we knew how much of an impact it was going to be, but he's really been, you know, the face of this franchise. I know Sean and I have talked about it all year. Um, He has really stepped up as kind of like not only the face, but the recruiter. Like this is Harper's team. You know, he had an impact on drafting Stott. Um, you know, he's friends with a lot of these guys. And like Chris said, you know, the locker room, it fits together well. So it's going to be very exciting to see what this team can do because they're getting hot at a good time. Um, the only person that I think needs to get hot now is just Trey Turner. Yeah. And even then Turner's finally turning it on. He's finally learning how to field. He's finally learning how to 
being in control. Oh, that's one thing he hasn't really done all season is he hasn't really like been able to control oh his swings. He swings way outside the zone at all all every breaking pitch. It's when I was watching the first game of this homestand against the Royals, the Royals would not throw him a fastball. The Royals just threw him curveball after curveball after curveball. Oh, and why is that? Hey, he wasn't staying in control, wasn't keeping a compact swing. He was just swinging freely. He, he needed to just kind of get that relaxation, start to have fun again. And and that standing ovation, I think, finally gave him that that joy of the game again. And Because Dutch, baseball's a beautiful thing. Baseball's the greatest sport that there is. And you know what? When you're just having fun, it's amazing what happens. When there's fist fights going on in baseball, I'm watching. I'm just saying. Um, Tough, tough week for Nats fans. Tough yeah. week. You yeah, got the Harper week. quote. You got the Trey Turner ovation and the home run and then the no hitter. Yeah. Tough week for Mets fans. I feel like, yeah, the Nationals suck this year. That's all I got to yeah. say. I right now. But, yeah. That's everything we got for the Phillies, though. I mean, thank you guys all for joining us on the Ballpark Tommy segment. I want to thank Chris, as always, for joining us, taking time out of his day to give us his Phillies expertise. Uh, that's one thing we share in common. We won't tell you what NFL team he roots for. You'll just find that out during the fall if you're new. <laughs> Chris, that's not even a team anymore. Um, Chris, can you please, like, <laughs> pray for me, you know, while you're on the show? I got you. I got you. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> it means a lot. All right, guys. See you, buddy. We'll Take care, man. Have a good one. Prayer. However, you I actually, do. I actually did not hear what TV said. <laughs> it's it's a team that. Uh, let me just uh, give you this little hint. It's a team that likes changing its name a lot, a lot, a lot. You just gave it away. That's like the easiest hint ever. Like who's like whose name? Never mind. You'll find out during the fall. Um, Shoney boy, you got the blue in the background. It looks very good on you. How are you feeling about James Harden? Um, expected to maybe not report to camp, now reporting to camp, then not reporting to camp. Now he's back to reporting to camp if he's not traded. Um, in, out, in, out, all season long. What's your deal with this guy? Um, personally, I don't want him to be a sixer, but if it comes down to it, I'll keep him because he's still James Harden. But um, if he doesn't get traded or he can't get traded, I think he'll show up. I mean, he's not just going to sit out because – like, it's not like he's, like, fighting for a contract or anything like that. He's just trying to get traded. Um, but I don't think uh, that's the issue. I, I do not uh, believe in the Sixers this upcoming season. Um, I feel like it's just going to be the same thing over and over and over again. Get knocked out second round. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I'll watch the Sixers still. And because uh, I'm a Sixers fan, but, you know, I'm not really heavy set on them. I'm just not. I lo I lost a lot of respect for Joel Embiid in general just because he was really just fighting for that MVP award. That was it. He wasn't trying. He was being lazy, and he didn't he didn't do anything. Um, in that game, in the game seven, how do you get blown out and only like I, I just don't. I don't get it. Game six yeah. was his game to win it. Exactly. And, 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 you know, James Harden not reporting to training camp, honestly, I'm happy to, to part ways with him because he just – he has good games. He plays well here and there. But when it really matters, he doesn't show up. And, I mean, he's one of one of our best shooters that we had. 
and the fact that he didn't really show up, excuse me, <coughs> really makes me want to get rid of him as soon as possible. Sorry. That's all I got to say. You're alive. You need CPR. I'm just choking. I wouldn't Let's even... kick it to Big Matt. You like that? I wanted to get something for the country hat. I'm still, you know what I wanted to use, really? Do you know the jackass song? The da -na -na -na? But I can't do that because it's copyrighted. So that's all I got for you. But the country hat, man, I love that it's becoming a thing. It's my character. This is going to be my character, guys. Every single time you see me, I'll be wearing this shit. Um, it's really going to piss off Cowboys fans. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyways. Yeah. On my you really, on my you really suck at Rocket League, by the way. You suck oh, at thanks. Rocket League. I appreciate it. <laughs> the people that were playing with, I was playing with, you know, they really weren't uh, helping me out. So I was kind of carrying the storm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but James Harden, I don't even think you could classify him as, as one of our best shooters. I feel like every single game I watched, he was bricking the shit out of the ball. I mean, like, you know, he had those two good playoff games where he was dropping 45 and, like, 55 or whatever. But other than that, I can't remember a game – in which we we're like, oh, that's James Harden, you know. Like, I think the only, I think the only thing that we'll miss from him is maybe his will to pass the ball. I don't know. I mean, he was a great passer for us, but I mean, he was not, he was not the James Harden that I thought we were trading for. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it'll be really interesting. I really do hope that he shows up the camp. I mean, that shows that he still wants to win, and he's not just going to be like a diva, and just wants to like only like make money. I really hope that he shows up because that's going to show other teams as well that he wants to win. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to hold out because, uh, you know, I want money and I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I think I respect that. If, I, I respect that about him because he wants to win, and him showing up to camp would would solidify that statement. Yeah, yeah like I don't know. I thought when I would watch him play he's consistently inconsistent yes. um, which is something that you cannot have if you want to win championships so in my opinion i'm not even as concerned about whether the is he going to report or is he not going to report it's more if he reports the sixers locker room right now i truly feel like is shaky at best in terms of morale and all that stuff i feel like if he comes in i don't see it going over very well <laughs> um and when you, you have a team that in my opinion, is in the middle of an identity crisis because they don't know they keep changing coaches and having the same exact result year after year after year. Honestly, I would be totally okay with him leaving. I say you rebuild. I say you rebuild. You keep you keep Maxi and you keep um, Embiid. That's about it. You can't rebuild with Embiid, though, because he's already – he's in his prime right now. Rebuilding would take another four years off of him. You know, if you start yeah, the rebuild, if you rebuild now, you got to get rid of Embiid and get what you can for him, and rebuild yeah. around Maxi. Yeah, that's true. And that's not the most you know comforting thing. And no disrespect to Tyrese Maxi, but that's putting all your eggs in one basket for real. And doing yeah. that with one player in the NBA is very scary. Yeah. Like right now, the Sixers are in a win now mode, and they're not winning. <laughs> so it's like that's what really sucks. On a side note with the Sixers, what did you guys think about Wells Fargo Center trying to make an extra push for the Flyers, or I'm sorry, for the Sixers to stay? They said that they want to do $400 million renovations to the stadium in an effort to keep the 76ers there. 
So, I mean, the 76ers still point blank said, though, we don't care. We want to be in a center city environment because 28 out of 30 NBA teams play in a center city environment. So, I mean, I just think the traffic, man, and they also said on 76th place they want to put an apartment building above it. That sounds about as dumb as rocks to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, where they want to place it, like you just said, Dalton, there's like no parking at all. So you're going to have to get a subway to get to the door, and it's like pointless because, granted, I mean, yeah, they want to be in the city because where every team is, but like for the fan base, they're, no one's going to go to those games because it's going to be a bitch to park. Like why would we want to sp- like spend money to go to a game where we can't really park and then building this – skyscraper it looks like like i don't understand what they're trying to do like it doesn't make any sense to me if you read the comment section though of like every philadelphia inquire document or uh post on instagram they're always like like oh we don't want the uh we don't don't want you like the delco scumbags and all them monco people and everyone from the suburbs and all that going to the games but you know what it that's how that place gets loud. It's because quite honestly, everybody's spending every last dime they have running an apartment in, in the city. So they're not going to the game. So it's the people from the suburbs that are coming to the games. And I mean, without Delco, without Delco people, you wouldn't have the normal Philadelphian being like, yo, F you dickhead. Yeah. Screaming at the top of their lungs, you know? You wouldn't have that Delco action made. So Delco people, you know, they brought us a lot of joy to Philadelphia sports. But my maybe, overall maybe reaction. Maybe we don't do the dickhead thing as much. Dobbin! sorry. But the double birds for the Frosties, man. Got to do Dude, what the fuck? But, yeah, my overall reaction was, like, the whole thing. First of all, it's going to ruin Chinatown. And um, there will be no left over. Uh, second of all, um, it's in like Dalton said, the center of the city, so like traffic is going to be horrible getting out of there. Um, it's just not going to be a good place to even go to a game. Like it's just not, it's not appealing to go want to go to a game in the center city, you know. Um, so yeah, I feel like they should either build it, like buy the lot on the navy yard. I thought about that too. Like that would be sick on the media. Like that's pretty close by, or just stay at the Wells Fargo. And I mean, not to give my girlfriend a shout out, but I'm giving her a shout out. We went oh, to the Phillies we game. We get went to the Phillies game over the weekend, right? And she's a Orioles fan. She's a Ravens fan, and she's like, I love the fact that Philly, all the teams are so close together. All of the sports teams for the city, which I mean. I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't think about that. But, I mean, I think we just ruined that kind of uh, uh, that feeling of Broad Street or just, like, where all the stadiums are and things like that. I'm thinking they just remodel. Can they do that? I mean, make the seats bigger. Like, The problem is the Sixers don't want to stay. Like, it's not that it's the organization is saying we don't want to be here anymore because it's Comcast that owns it. And Comcast, we all know, would have the Sixers by the balls. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. That's all I but say. I will say there is something magical about having all of the teams in one location. I have lived in three, per, three cities 
that have multiple professional sports teams and none of them are near each other. Um, so there is something magical about them all being right there. Um, I definitely think should not be um, underestimated. I mean, I would, yeah. just be, I would just be repeating you guys, but yeah, it's extremely unique. I mean, just thinking about other cities, I mean, we're the, I feel like we're the only city that has a true sports complex where right. you can go and, I mean, it's so much fun when you can go to a Phillies game at, at one o'clock and then catch a Sixers game at seven. Like, it's awesome. Or an Eagles game. Like, I mean, no other city you can really do that. The best I mean, is the when you got the Eagles jersey on and then the Phillies jersey unbuttoned yeah. over it. That is a whole look. This fall, stay on the lookout because that could happen again. I mean, November, I remember when we were at the World Series that night, uh, Houston Texans and Philadelphia Phillies, um, or I'm sorry, Houston Texans and Eagles and then the Phillies and the Astros. So it was like the battle of Houston and Philly that night. It was very cool, but... Um, I didn't even, that was the one night I would say I never gave a shit about the Eagles, which is kind of wild. Um, and that's actually a nice segue into our next segment. But before we get into that, I know Jackson has prepared some trivia for you guys on season five. We're going to restart with score. It's been horrible. We're actually going to keep track of it this year. I think I overall, overall for our last spell of questions, Ashley, actually like Queen Ashley yep. won. Yeah. Yep. We're in handy. agreement of that. <laughs> yeah, pretty handy. So Ashley takes the champion for Thank season you. four. We'll start season five tonight. What you guys know? Time for everybody's so favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware. Everyone loves this night, this this little spiel about Ashley Trivia. Thank you to Fancy Football Network for sponsoring that. Uh, but tonight's question we have is, what Eagle quarterback tied an NFL record by throwing seven touchdowns, seven touchdown passes in one game? Again, what Eagle quarterback Easy. tied an NFL record record by throwing seven touchdown passes in one game? Dude, you're throwing up meatballs, man. You guys are going to get this wrong, guaranteed. Uh, we got A, Nick Foles. We got B, Donovan McNabb. We got C, Carson Wentz. And then we have D, Adrian Burke. You just said the answer. <laughs> Nope. Are you nope. delayed? He said all of them. I know. No, I know. Oh, oh, I get what you mean now. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm delayed. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are going to get this wrong. Like, I'm just telling oh you. You're going to be like, holy yeah. shit, that's the answer? Anyway. You guys said Tom's the Did only I get one it wrong? that could have... Uh... I felt uh, pretty good about mine. You said all four of them. Well, obviously, you had to say the answer. That's I know good. this because I remember this game, so I know my answer is right for sure. But um, it's actually a nice segue into our next segment, which Tom, I guess, is the only one that's smart enough that could have been a lawyer. Um, I actually brought in a lawyer to the show last week to talk about Jalen Carter. Nobody has any idea what's going on there. So let's take a look at that real quick. We don't really know what the legal situation is with Jalen Carter as a fan. We haven't really heard about it. I brought in an expert for you guys. I brought in a legit Eagles fan lawyer. Yes, I said that right. An Eagles fan lawyer. So not only can this guy defend you, but I mean, he's going to be with you at the tailgate too. I got to thank my guy, Bill, for coming on the show tonight from Legal Hands to the Face podcast. I'm doing good, Dalt. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. We're uh, happy to have you. I mean, what is your thoughts on this whole Jalen Carter situation as a fan with a law perspective? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm an attorney, but 
I'm really a wannabe Philly sports talk guy. So I have the Eagles podcast, and I hope and pray that my day job doesn't intersect with my dream job because you never want the law and the Eagles mix because it's not going to be good news. You know, with, with Jalen Carter, though, I mean, this is exactly the type of law that I practice, which is the civil lawsuits. Whenever there's a criminal matter like this where people are injured and unfortunately, in this case, killed, there's going to be a civil lawsuit that follows. So I know that Jalen Carter and his team, they had to know that this was coming. They, they anticipated it. It's just the timing wasn't great. There was a lawsuit filed in May, and now a second lawsuit gets filed July 13th. And fans, we hear the numbers. They're seeking over $40 million, and it just brings all of this stuff back into the news. The hard thing is for this guy is this was he was 21 years old when this happened. And, and obviously what happened was, was horrible, and our heart – goes out to the families involved, especially the ones who lost a loved one. But you look at it from Jalen Carter's perspective, only 21 years old. He's 22 years old now. He's a young kid. He's trying to find himself. You enter the NFL, like you said, it's your first season. And I think it's human nature. He probably wants to start embracing the fans, wants to be liked. What's interesting, too, is this lawsuit. It's not only against Jalen Carter. You know, Jalen Carter was not driving the vehicle that Devin Willick was in when he passed and was not driving the vehicle that Victoria Bowles, who recently filed the lawsuit, was in. The, the person driving that vehicle was a University of Georgia staffer named Chandler LaCroix. And LaCroix's blood alcohol content was twice the legal limit, came in at .197. Well, Jalen Carter, what he was involved in was allegedly – was racing Chandler LaCroix and then left the scene, but was not in the vehicle or driving the vehicle of anyone that was injured or, or killed. Not that it absolves him entirely, but it's important to note because he's not the only person that's being sued. In addition to Jalen Carter, obviously the driver of the vehicle, Chandler LaCroix, was sued past, so it's the estate of Chandler LaCroix. But they also brought lawsuits against the strip club that they were at, as well as the University of Georgia Athletics. And the reason they brought the case against the strip club is because most states, and Georgia is one of them, have what's called dram shop. And a dram shop action is, is if you can prove that a bar or a restaurant that serves alcohol served to a visibly intoxicated person, then they share in the responsibility. And then what they brought against the University of Georgia was almost a negligent entrustment theory saying that they should have known that this person had a bad driving history. They never should have had them involved with the team and, and doing all these other things. I don't know how strong of a case that's going to be. And then they also sued the car dealership that leased Jalen Carter the vehicle under the same theory saying you should have known Jalen Carter sped a lot because before this incident, he had three tickets apparently for speeding. You hear these $40 million in damages, but that's not all against Jalen Carter. There's other parties involved and other parties that from the outside, and I don't know the full details, but from the outside looking in, you would think would have more culpability than Jalen Carter would. Jalen wasn't driving the vehicle. Chandler LaCroix was. Chandler LaCroix was twice the blood alcohol content limit. 
after he gets right. to the Phillies, he throws a no hitter. Does it make sense? I wanted to basically <laughs> bring him on the show, um, just so you guys would say, okay, here's a legal expertise. Here's a lawyer. He can kind of clarify some of the stuff because a lot of that stuff I didn't really know about as a fan. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew any of that, um, but there's a lot that can unfold. It seems like the criminal aspect behind it, and like I said, I'm not a lawyer, is kind of over. But the civil side is kind of where things can kind of get tricky. I can't hear um, anything, guys. Oh, you can't? I can. I hear him. We can hear you. Just join and come back. Yeah, I was going to say. There we go. But, I mean, with Jalen Carter, I mean, there's so many things that can happen. The main thing is I think a settlement is coming because that's probably the most likely is kind of what um, Bill said, Bill from Legal Hands based podcast. He said your most likely thing that's going to happen is some kind of settlement beforehand because if not, this is he's going to play all season because – there's, I think he said, 40 different businesses, and you know, all of those businesses have different lawyers. So to get all of those people together um, is a lot. You know what I mean? When you think about that, that's a lot of people getting together on one schedule at one place. That's not going to all unfold over one year with all the things that they have to do, all the things that they have to break down. So in a way, it's comforting as a fan, but in a way, it's also not because you don't really know when he's going to come back. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad situation. I mean, obviously, you know, this is going to happen because he's in the NFL. They want to bring blast to his name. So as sad as it is, I mean, as sad as the situation is, um, I, I just, I think there's gonna definitely going to be a settlement. I, I think they said that Jalen Carter has a good team of lawyers on this case. Um, but I think what, Jalen Carter is really focusing on is how the season's going to be, whether or not that's the right, right mindset to have. Um, I'm guarantee you like it's eating at him that uh, he has to deal with this. Um, but definitely there's going to be a settlement. I, I, I really feel bad for this kid. He seems like a genuine person. He's sorry, like everything about that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think any suspensions are going to occur. I just think people want, and I'm probably get flamed for this, but just want some publicity talking about uh, NFL or a professional athlete. So we'll see what happens. What do you think, Matt? Um, I'm really hoping that we get to see him play. Um, I think the whole situation is really shitty. Um, and, of course, I want, you know, what's best for the families that are suffering from everything. Um, but – I, I think that, you know, if nothing's happened yet, I don't think anything severe is going to happen. The NFL still allowed him to be drafted. Um, clearly, Howie was confident enough in the case, and I'm sure Howie worked with lots of lawyer buddies of his um, to figure out if this was a good gamble or not. Um, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the fact that they're confident in him and that they're confident in the case um, for, uh, confident enough that he's going to be able to play. Um, and I'm just super excited to see him because the reports coming out of camp, he's, he's dominating. I mean, they're already saying that he's getting first team reps and which is insane. Him and Nolan Smith. I'm just excited for all of it. Yeah. I mean, not only that, 
Howie Roseman went to college to become a lawyer before he came a GM. So, I mean, he knows a lot about the law himself. And uh, like Matt was saying, like, I don't think if he knew it was that big of a risk to draft him, he, he wouldn't have drafted him. But he obviously knows it's not that big. Uh, well, it's a big deal, yes, but it's not it's uh, not that big of a risk to take. Um, but, yes, I'm very excited to see Jalen Carter on the field. He's spreading through the, uh, the offensive line, first-team starters. So doing that is just uh, insane, let alone. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a problem on the defense, 100%. How was that practice, Sean, that we went to? Like I said, over 55,000 fans for practice. I mean, uh, no other team in the NFL you could see doing that. Um, every, Eagles fans uh, everywhere, um, we all know that we're the best fans in the world. And, um, the, yeah, you just don't see people doing that. Um, I know it's the only practice that they have per year for Open, but um, – I mean, it's just still insane. Like, this stadium was well over half filled up. Like, it only holds 65,000. So, you think, like, or 67,000. Um, but that's crazy that they got 50,000 fans to go out to it. But, yeah, it was just a really fun day. Um, I mean, seeing Dalt was uh, always good. Uh, seeing his girlfriend. And then hanging out with Fourth and John. Seeing – uh all of our friends that we just haven't seen in a while since last season. It's good to be back at the link. It's good to be back in South Philly. It's good. It's just a, a good atmosphere always. Um, we all know this, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I did a pretty good job um, by talking to the fans and uh, interviewing most of these people. So um, you'll probably see some clips on TikTok most likely uh, if don't has them. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it was just a great day. It was a lot of fun, and it was cool to be back, like you said, Sean. Like, everybody's Sunday dinner. There were uh, a Cowboys fan there. There was a Cowboys fan there, though. There I mean, that was interesting. I want to know how in the fuck security at Lincoln Financial Field let that in. Because it, you got to go through the bag to get some kind of a blanket in with that. I mean, you're not hiding that. That's going to be seen in plain sight. So they had to somehow argue at the front probably. Some kind of banter went down where it's probably like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know what the fuck you're doing? Like, there are so many other things that you could bring in here that would be better, and you're basically bringing in the worst thing. Like, that's like walking up to a bull in the color red and saying, fuck you, and spitting in its face. Like, it is not a good idea. It's not going to end well. So, I mean, when I saw that, I was just like, oof. But, I mean, like, the whole vibe, like, it was funny. It was all good fun. Nobody got hurt. Like, that's the storyline. Philly fans are crazy. Philly fans will fuck you up. No, nobody got hurt. We just booed them and had fun with it. Um, and, moreover, I think Marcus Mariota had a couple good plays that I wanted to say. Um, he had a couple good runs I saw. It was good to see Jalen Hurts connecting with some of the wide receivers. He looked confident. And uh, shout out to freaking Jason Kelsey. Old as hell, still out there, looking like he's young as heck. And I love to see that because he's still got that young look on his face. Um, Stallion. Stallion. Yeah, I mean, that Cowboys fan had balls of steel to do that. I mean, I guess it was just um, all good and all fun, but – I, if I was an, uh, like a Cowboys fan going to an open practice for the Eagles, 
oh my god, I would be shitting my pants. Like, I more power to him, even though fuck the Cowboys. Yeah, that guy had balls of steel. So, um, but I mean, I didn't go. Um, but it, it was cool seeing like when Jalen Hurts came out and the whole st- stadium erupted. I saw that video, um, and I think you know the vibes are bu- buzzing. I think this team is gonna be, and I think having a Cowboys fan in their open practice adds fuel to the fire for this team's season. So I'm excited to see what happens this season. That's all I gotta say. Practice. Yeah, no. Talk about practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's somebody had to say it. I saw videos countless i had a couple of friends that went when jalen hurts came running out of that tunnel how loud that stadium got for him i just he's gonna be a dog this year man he's gonna be a dog d-a-w-g like he is going to i can't wait i mean he has this fire lit under him apparently he's he's making highlight plays left and right i mean i'm just i'm super stoked Marcus Mariota, he's going to be – it's going to be okay. Um, I've heard some really bad things, but I don't know, 55,000 fans for an open practice. That is just – that is outstanding. I just – that I mean, that that makes sense, you know? I mean, tickets are first come, first serve. I mean, you can't even find tickets for less than $400 to a game now because everyone bought them. Now they're just reselling them. It's crazy. I mean, we're just – Best fans in football, I swear to God. I don't I don't even think it's an argument. No other NFL, no other NFL team is doing that. There's not one other NFL team that's putting fifty five thousand people to watch a practice. Yeah, no. Um, How and much then of all- that though do you guys think was for the Kelly Green jerseys? Because I did think of it like okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. Before before practice, the line to get into the store, Sean saw it was hefty, it was long as shit. Yeah, it was long and then on the way out, me and Alyssa left pretty early, like I would say eight thirty ish. No, it was like seven thirty. Seven thirty left. Oh, seven thirty. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking practice, like Jackson. Um, yeah. we're out. I'm like, fuck this. I'm getting a jersey. Store. Mm, we had a little bit of a line, but they had a actual huge, huge supply of any player you wanted, um, all sizes. And I did think about it. I was like, I wonder how many fans came in. Because even, like I said, 7.30, most people were in their seats. You know me, trafficking. Deuces. <laughs> um, all the fans, I'm like, fuck you guys. You guys are all sitting down. I thought I would get right in the store, too. There was still a line to get into the store at that point. And I think that that just shows, too, like, this had to be the most attended practice ever for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like, this is about the size of the yeah. Philly Stadium. This is, Philly Stadium is what, 60,000? No, Philly Stadium is 43. That's more yeah. than... Wow, holy fuck! Yeah. This well, is and, like- it, and it's cool, like, Dick's... I'm changing, like, Dick's Sporting Goods. I was there the other day. I'm going back on Friday probably getting a jersey. But they had an abundance of Kelly Green jerseys for, like... They had every player you can think of. Like, every big-name player. So... I'm definitely going to go there because probably cheaper than buying them at the store in Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that, I mean, this team, I don't know, dude. It just feels something different, you know, with these rookies stepping up. Nolan Smith playing really well in, in uh, you know, OTAs. Jalen Jalen Carter playing well. I think this team, and we can say keep saying this, but I think this team's going to be a lot better. 
I'm excited to see what Sean Desai does for this defense. I'm excited to see what this team can do. I mean, I have a bet right now, 11-5, baby, 11-5 for the Eagles. So we'll see what happens. But it's, it, it, it should is, happen. Wouldn't it be 12-5? Yeah, it, it would be 12-5. Yeah, it would be 12. Um, no, because yeah, they have 12. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, 12. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. 17. I'm sorry. It's over 11. And 11 oh, 11, you're taking over. Oh, over 11 my wins. Fault. Yeah, my fault. So you need 12 and 5 then. Okay. Or 11 and 5. I say, they go, I say they go 13 and 4. Yeah, this team's going to look good. I mean, it's crazy. I say that that's the record this year. Um, but yeah, also speaking about that training camp, there was a Giants fan right next to our section in his uh, Giants jersey, and he posted it on his, like, podcast or whatever, and Barstool Philly reposted it, and they said this guy really paid $10 to see the gravesite of his own team. <laughs> damn. God damn. And, yeah, Boston yeah, Scott should have said hi to him, his father and son moment. Um, what do you guys think about these Aaron Donald rumors um, and Josh oh. Jacobs? I mean, some of them I like. Some of them I really don't like. Why don't you take it away first, Sean? You don't need Josh Jacobs. You have uh, Daniel Smith for Scott Penn and Kenny Gainwell out of Boston Scott. So I don't want to hear about Josh Jacobs, really. I mean, he's a great running back, but you don't need him. Uh, Aaron Donald, yes, he's a talented player. He's a phenomenal player. He's uh, one of the best uh, defensive players in the league. But uh, there's uh, you would have to give up a lot. You would have to give up next year's first round. You would have to give up probably – uh, 2025 second round. Uh, so to get Aaron Donald, it's going to be a long shot. Um, yes, it's de- definitely possible, but uh, do you really need him on defense? I mean, it wouldn't hurt to get him, but yeah. I think that would be the biggest like mistake waste of a trade. He's saying that he wants to retire in the next three years. The amount that we would want to have to give up for him, plus the contract that we would be taking on. I mean, we don't need him. I really think like we like our defensive line is so deep and so young that like I really do think like trading for him would be like the worst possible thing we could do because what would we have to give up for him? And then we would have to tackle that contract. I just don't Eagles get it. Give up Jalen Hurts for Aaron Donald. <laughs> for Aaron Donald. <laughs> um, and then I mean Josh Jacobs. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But what would be the point of getting Josh Jacobs if? We, I mean, we went out and got four different running backs. I just don't see, I don't see a reason for it. Yeah. I Not mean, either of these guys. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah. I mean, our running back room is stacked, I think, right? DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, Kenny G. I don't think we need another running back. Um, our defensive line, I think it's going to be a lot better than last year if, if uh, Jalen Carter shows up. So I don't really think we need Aaron Donald. Yes, it'd be nice to have him on the team, but like like uh, Matt said, we're gonna have to give up so much to get him, and uh, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, we filled some holes on the defense that we needed a couple a couple days ago with Miles Jack um, and what's his name Cunningham. Um, so I think right now, making this blockbuster trade, I don't think it's worth you know anything right now. I think I think our team is good how the way it is. But with Miles Jack and Cunningham that we just picked up, traded for, picked up or whatever, that may be question, a big question mark for, like, Nicobe Dean because I feel like Nicobe Dean was supposed to get that that start this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
I think you guys all are right. Um, and last but not least, our final segment of the night. But before we get to that, I do want to kick it over to Jackson to reveal some of the results. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware. Again, thank you, Fantasy Football Network, for sponsoring that. Uh, the question we have for tonight is, what Eagle quarterback tied an NFL record by throwing seven touchdown passes in one game? Easy. What Eagle quarterback tied an NFL record by throwing seven touchdown passes in one game? We had Nick Foles, Don McNabb, Carson Wentz, or Adrian Burke. I will give you the answers that I got. Matt said Foles, and that's wrong. What? Um, yeah. There's yeah. no way. Yes, it is. Um, and then Sean said Foles, wrong. Um, and then Ash said Foles, wrong. Dalton, I don't even know what you said. Hey, Foles. Wrong. The right answer is Adrian Burke. So what happened to Nick Foles' game against the Raiders when he threw for seven touchdowns in, like, 2013? Dude, Jack, You got to read I, the trivia book. You're fucking kidding me. Or not just read the trivia book. I'm sorry. The trivia no. book probably wasn't updated. This said Adrian Burke's big day came in October 17, 1954 in Washington. No. He later went to the, become the NFL official participating in many what? big games, including the Immaculate Reception game in Pittsburgh and the NFL's longest game ever played by Miami Kansas City Chiefs. What Eagle quarterback? So Adrian Burke tied the record. I'm telling you, that's what it is. So did Nick Foles. He tied it. But I wonder if it's maybe who threw the record first in the NFL and if Adrian Burke was the Eagle that threw it first. I don't know. Because Nick Foles definitely threw for seven touchdowns in 2013. I'm telling yeah, you. It was against the Raiders. It was, a it was against game. the Raiders. I remember watching that game. Freaking shout out to answer. Riley Cooper. Won't even say anything else. There's no fucking Adrian, way, dude. It is. It's probably both of them. It's probably both of them. Seriously. So what, are we not getting points for that? No, we'll get points. We'll figure it out. After <laughs> no, you, no, you won't. We don't got to figure it out now. Because um, that's a fact that Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns against the Raiders, so we'll figure no. it out. Preseason, though. Lamar, not playing. Jalen, not playing. Mary Goda, maybe playing. Um, not too far away. M&T Bank Stadium. Um how are you guys feeling about this? I mean, anybody feel free to take it away. Preseason doesn't really matter, uh, but it'll be nice to watch something. Preseason. So, 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 pause. It says full seventh touchdown pass of the Eagles' fourth whatever win against the Raiders, tied NFL record held by Sid Luckman, Adrian Burke, and George Blanda. So, yeah. So it was both of them. So you get credit for both answers then. It, the correct answer is <laughs> A and D. That trivia book was probably just not updated by 2013 or something. That trivia book was probably made in fucking 1970. Adrian Burke probably wrote that fucking <laughs> trivia book and was like, fuck you, Nick Foles. I still got this on you, even though you got a Super Bowl, bitch. Um, anyway, sorry. You're all good. Big Sean, MT Bank Stadium, you taking the trip down? Um, I will try to uh, make it down. Um, I have no clue if I'll, I'll be able to. I need to see. But um, be, that being said, I mean, preseason is preseason. I've gone to a lot of preseason games. And, I mean, yeah, they're fun. But um, you just see a lot of the backups play. You don't see any really any starters until 
like the third preseason game, third and final preseason game, uh, and then you're lucky to even see them play a full series. So, I mean, it's fun. Um, it's fun getting out there, you know, but um, it is what it is. Uh, preseason is preseason. It's it's not really so I, I am still hot about Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So it was an NFL record, Adrian Burke tied. And that was the question. Nick Foles tied the Philadelphia Eagles record. That makes any sense. Why are we still talking about this? Because you guys don't believe me. Sorry. Sorry. Sean. No, I believe you. I'm just saying both answers are correct. That's all. Anyway. Um, I will be going to Baltimore. I'm very excited. Um, shout out to Jack, my buddy. He's going to be uh, helping me out, chilling with the dogs. Hopefully uh, Lola isn't the problem for him. But uh, I'm very excited to see kind of a couple players specifically. I hope that Reed Blankenship plays a little bit. Um, I've been hearing a lot of things about him so far in training camp that he's emerged as the starting safety. Um, I am excited to see Terrell Edmonds play. Um, I believe he came from Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, and he's going to be a pretty solid player for us. But I just kind of want to watch that safety position battle specifically. I also want to watch the tight end group. Who's going to emerge as tight end too? That's an interesting battle to watch. And uh, finally, I want to see how does Cam Jurgens feel in that right guard position. I don't think that they'll put Jason Kelsey or Lane Johnson out there until the third preseason game. Even if they do that, I doubt it. Um, but if they do, how does Cam Jurgens start feeling in that right guard position? And who plays center? behind Jason Kelsey because normally that would be Cam Jurgens, but I want him to start getting comfortable at right guard. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces for the Eagles in this game, a lot of importance in a preseason game for a lot of guys that aren't named Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Jason Kelsey, you know, things like that. I think we're actually going to see more of the starters than we previously think. We have a new defensive coordinator. We have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and everyone has mixed opinions on it, but I do think that we're going to see, you know, probably at least a couple of – probably like a drive, a drive or two in the first game for the starters on both offensive and defense. Um, second game, I can imagine us seeing probably four or five drives, maybe like a quarter worth of def like first-teamers, and then third game we won't see anything. I only say that we're going to see starters though is because we're we're we have new offensive and defensive coordinators and they got they have to get used to the play calling they got to get used to how the sound they how they sound over the mic, you know, with the crowd in the background. Um, I don't think they're just going to wing it first game of the season because they're too good of a team to do that. I think they need to practice it out and you know get comfortable. Not like they're going to be you know doing plays throwing hail marys up to AJ Brown and stuff like that, but we're going to see a lot of Kez Watkins. I know we're going to see that. He's got to get his confidence back. Um, I, I, and we're going to see a lot of running back battles too. Who's going to get that first spot? We're going to see Swift. We're going to see Penny. We're going to see, you know, all these new guys. Um, you know, the veterans on the offensive line, I can see, you know, why risk the help. We know how good they are. Jalen Hurts is only in his fourth year. Is this his fourth year or third year? This is his third year. Fourth, I think. It's his fourth. This is his fourth year. Third yeah, year season third season starting. Third year, yeah. So I, I mean, I can still imagine that Nick Sirianni is like, you got to get out there. I mean, you're not. He's only 24 years old, so it's like he's still young. You know, like he's he hasn't gotten that. Yes, he's an amazing quarterback, and you know he's good. But 
I, I still think our team is young enough where the coach needs to put them out there at least a couple of drives. That's crazy that Jalen Hurts is the same age most of you here, like Dalton. And, like, that's pretty crazy to think about that he's the starting QB for the Philadelphia Eagles and he's the same age as you. I know. It is kind of weird to think about that NFL players are our age. I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago. Well, like, when we were kids, I mean, they used you, to feel so much older. I mean, you think about it, like Matt saying earlier in the, uh, in the podcast, how Jalen Carter is – 21 years old well 22 now but 21 years old going into the nfl i mean that's ridiculous like to think about that these kids are still really young and going pro and here i am pounding beers on the couch saying you suck suck. (laughs) (laughs) fuck you Um, one question, how do you guys think in, on the other side of things? I mean, I don't mind the Ravens as a team. I know Jack doesn't either. We have a lot of friends that are Ravens fans where we're from. Um, if you're not an Eagles fan in Delaware, chances are you're probably a Ravens fan, if not, uh, commanders or Redskins fan. Um, so how do you guys think the outlook for the Ravens is this year? Because they're in one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive division. Yeah, I mean, hey, here's the thing. it's I, They have a really good team. Uh, they have a good receiving core. I'm not sure what Adele's going to do this year. Um, I mean, he said after this season he's retiring. But it's a matter of they paid Lamar Jackson this big contract that he he probably deserved, but it's a matter of him performing because we've seen him. He hasn't really made it to the playoffs. He made it to the first round and lost. Like, this team – I mean, John Harbaugh is a great coach. Um, I just think – the Ravens are very uh, are a young team um, considered in that whole division. Uh, but I think if Lamar can get his shit straight and stay healthy, I mean, I think this team is going to be, you know, number one in their division. Because, I mean, the Ravens, they got J.K. Dobbins, they got Lamar Jackson, they got OBJ, they got all the weapons that need to be uh, or that they need to have to be a successful team. It's just a matter of, like, them actually performing well. Uh, they also have Rashad Bateman, Zay yeah, Flowers. Like they're a pretty good team. They they have a good, solid core. And then also Gus Edwards is not a backup. Uh, not a bad backup running back either. Behind J.K. Dobbins, but J.K. Dobbins won't be back for a while because last year he tore his ACL, I believe. So, um, he's back. I thought that was two years ago. Yeah, he's back this year. I think. Yeah, yeah he's back. So it'll be a lot to see how he – I forgot OBJ was there, so I'm glad you brought that up too. Um, I mean, it'll be an interesting year for the Ravens. We'll see what they do. I mean, I have a lot of faith in them, but also I'm probably a little bit biased. But moreover, last but not least, we will be at the game. I don't know if we're tailgating, but we'll definitely be in there hanging out around there. So if you guys want to meet up with us, if any of our fans are from Baltimore, um, you know, birds of a flock fly together. Like we said, you know, I don't I don't have any uh, beef with Ravens fans, so – would love to meet some of you guys out there hanging out um, the weekend in Baltimore. And if any of you guys have any recommendations for anything fun to do, uh, go in our Discord and let me know. Um, the aquarium is expensive, I heard. So <laughs> might have to look at – maybe uh, not look into that. But other than that, I mean, thank you guys all who came out to join us tonight on the premiere of Season 5. It's really hard to believe that it's already our fifth season. 
Um, how much we've grown is insane. I love working with all the hosts on this show. I love working with all the editors. I love working with our GM, Ash. Everybody is great all around. So everybody that has helped make this podcast into what it is, I thank you for your guys' time. I thank you for your guys' help. And uh, I can't wait to bring it for you guys in Season 5 because I know we got a lot lined up. Like I said, go check out that schedule. Link is in the bio at 302Birds. Follow our TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube Help us out on all media outlets. And last but not least, if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you could please, please, please write us a review, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. But other than that, I hope everybody has a good night, and I will kick it to Jackson to do what he does. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. We're on fifth season this year. Um, We appreciate all the support you guys have given to us. Uh, We're coming out guns blazing this season, Um, so stay tuned. Um, We'll probably bring some more stuff into it. I love the team we're working with, but other than giving that little sappy ending to this, um, all I got to say is, hey, Josh, it's an outro, not an intro. Hit that outro. Gilbert. 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 Gilb